0: welcome bird gang on today's show darren urban joins me we talk retirement no not his but how close rodney hudson came to not playing this season also friday we heard from marcus golden his thoughts on a pass rush that may lean on youth this season it's cardinals cover two episode 573 and it starts now
1: welcome to cardinals cover two
0: the backfield and down he goes for a loss. J.J. Watt nailed it.
1: Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts.
0: He's at the 10, half the 5. He's in again. Some more Murray magic. Wow.
1: Here's Craig Grealoux.
0: Third day of practice in what is... Your are, what, 23rd training camp, Darren?
1: That is correct, Craig.
0: 23 years covering the Arizona Cardinals in some form or fashion. And I'm guessing that this might have been one of the more eventful starts to your training camp if we consider what happened
1: all week long. I, I think from a national standpoint, I don't think there's any question that it's been more eventful because of the Kyler Murray talking points. Um, I don't know. We've had some pretty, pretty interesting in my 23 years. I've had some pretty interesting times. I mean, uh, in 2004, Denny Green's first year, um, we got up to camp and found out that he had cut the starting center before camp even started that day. Uh, a guy who was Pete Kendall, who was about to drive up to, to drive up to Flagstaff, and then was told, oh, "Yeah, you don't, you don't need to bother. You're being cut." Which you know, everybody was like, "What?" Um, So there's there's definitely been some other times, you know, guys aren't signed necessarily back in the in the good old days. But uh, but clearly, I think nationally, um, because of everything that's happened with Kyler, um, it's hard to get away with get away from how eventful it's been here
0: and the latest not to kind of put a bow on this because i don't think it's going anywhere but at least for this week the independent study clause has been removed from the contract so there is that last bit of news at least with respects to this conversation
1: well you're not saying this week it was removed and it's going back in next week you mean this permanently week, this week it was announced hopefully there's no more yeah, <laughs> stuff because it was a really yes I, I, all that's true um i mean look once it's out there in the ether people are going to talk about it and it'll eventually die down at some point um but it's going to be a topic of conversation i think we all know it's going to be a topic of conversation and you know i, I made this point in some other places too it's I mean, he's a quarterback. I understand that why this has got headlines, and I understand everything that's been going on. But at the same time, you know, we're not getting away from this stuff. We're not getting away from a, an anonymous, anonymous person talking about how Patrick Mahomes is overrated. We're not going to get away from uh, last offseason when everybody's wondering – uh where Aaron Rodgers head is even though he's coming off an MP- MVP season kind of comes with a territory with a high level quarterback and um fortunately the Cardinals have what they believe is a high level quarterback and we're going to see how this plays out
0: hey as long as this team is winning on Sundays a lot of that noise will go well,
1: away. of course i mean uh, let's let's look at this realistically craig name me a quarterback that isn't embroiled in some kind of controversy at some point every season. And that includes Tom Brady. I mean, before Peyton Manning won a Super Bowl, he would get crushed that he was not winning Super Bowls. And that's the dude who studied oodles of film and won tons of games. So I, I just I, I think it kind of comes with the territory. It feels a little differently for those of us who cover this team and are around this team because it hasn't been this team's quarterback. You know, you know, Kurt Warner, by the time he got good again with the Cardinals after he had that little dip in his career, um, nothing was expected of him when he came to Arizona. Carson Palmer saw some of that stuff. I mean, the playoffs in 2015, you know, especially after the way the Panthers NFC Championship ended, everybody was like, see, Carson Palmer can't do it.
0: Can't win the big one.
1: Nope. So, I mean, those are, it just, again, comes with the territory of being a quarterback.
0: Bottom line is, the good news in all of this is that we are talking about a contract extension. Kyler Murray is locked up through 2028. It was the topic of the offseason, the secondary topic of the offseason that we did get clarity before training camp and a little bit more here on Friday, and that is Rodney Hudson is with the team. Contemplated retirement, wanted to spend time with his family, and more importantly, I think Darren, just wanted to heal up. Yeah, he missed three games with a rib injury, but you're snapping that football, you're in the middle of that offensive line. It's more than just ribs that I'm sure were bothering him once that season concluded.
1: I, I think the Rodney Hudson um the Rodney Hudson story has always been very intriguing to me because of um the uncertainty as deep into the offseason as it went, apparently. I mean, even Cliff Kingsbury said uh that while Rodney told them he was going to be showing up it wasn't until Rodney actually physically was in front of Cliff that he felt comfortable saying Rodney was going to be there so I think that says a lot about where the mindset was of this team over what they might be facing and um, I did like hearing from Rodney when he said essentially you know football when you're around it it's all this all the time and that's how it should be and if you're if it's if you're here you're all in I do think he's all in I know there's been some people wondering if that would be the case but I think I think he is going to be all in now hopefully his body can hold up because you mentioned the rib injury and you know whether that uh not that it's lingering but I mean when you get older and you just turn 33 you know that's always something to be concerned about
0: it was funny you mentioned the age and his quote at my age, you start thinking about it, meaning retirement. 33 is not old. It is old when you're playing NFL. I don't even remember you are being 33, Craig. <laughs> I don't want to date you here, but I, actually, I, I can't even say that because you and I are basically the same age. Basically. But, 33 but I'm years older old. than you, Yes, Craig. you are. I, I can always have that. But 33, that's not old. Yet, this is his 12th season. Yeah. I mean, that's, that is well, an older offensive line. And when
1: you talk about Playing football, I mean, when you're 33, that's uh, what is that like? Probably like 72 in NFL years. Like, again, you're you're putting yourself through something that, um, you know, you're putting yourself through something that most people don't go through. Look, I get it, and and again, the other difference is, well, there's two there's two sides of this. I'm sure he's got a lot of money in the bank, so he doesn't necessarily have to have it. That said. If he retires, he walks away from almost 11 million dollars this year. As Larry Fitzgerald always used to tell us, and and he told me a lot of times, one of the reasons you want to keep playing, no one else is paying you 11 million dollars a year, you know, to do anything, pretty much, unless you're, you know, Tony Romo or something, uh, Troy Aikman. But I I, I think that um, that's something you have to consider. Very carefully because once you walk away, that paycheck is no longer coming. So we didn't ask him about whether the paycheck was a factor, but I don't see how it couldn't have been.
0: Curious as to who might be the most happy that Rodney Hudson is back. We heard earlier in the week James Conner gave him a big hug. Justin Pugh admitted that snapping the football is not the easiest thing. Head coach Cliff Kingsbury joked when you asked, yeah, we had group prayers in the office wanting, needing him because they understand what his value is to this offense and specifically to still a young quarterback in Kyler Murray.
1: I mean, I think a lot of people are very happy, but if you're Cliff Kingsbury, you you had to have him back. And it feels like, in hindsight, I know they talked to Billy Price, uh, the free agent center from the Giants in the offseason, and I know there was a lot of consideration about potentially taking a center in the draft. All that said, it felt very much like they rolled the dice that they were expecting Rodney to come back, even though they weren't 100% sure because they didn't make a whole lot of moves otherwise. You know, your backup center is still Sean Harlow, who, if I recall correctly last year, said he hadn't really played much center in his life, and now he's the backup center. And you got Justin Pugh, who's been a guard his whole life, trying to play center. And you got a rookie, LaCita Smith, who has never never snapped a ball until he started working on it a little bit before the combine. So um, I think Cliff Kingsbury has got to be maybe making a sigh of relief or even GM Steve Kime because if if Rodney Hudson had told them three weeks ago that, uh, you know what, I'm just not going to do this, then there's a little bit of scramble mode going, I'm thinking.
0: Quoting Kingsbury on Friday, talking about Hudson, he was just able to calm the entire unit, get us into the right looks all the time. Then he added he's a big-time player for us. Hudson deflects all of this, as any offensive lineman typically does and a team player does. Yet, what's that one antidote that we all go back to last season? And that is week one, Tennessee on the road, and everyone credits Hudson for checking out of a play based off what he had seen studying film. I believe it was preseason film. And then Kyler Murray finds Christian Kirk for a deep ball and a touchdown. So it's it's not just snapping the football. It's looking at the defense, getting your four other offensive linemen where they're supposed to go, and then be that extra layer of protection, not just physically, but also maybe a little bit mentally as well for Kyler.
1: This is a very awkward conversation given the recent events of the past few days when we're talking about the center seeing something on film and then telling the quarterback. But I, I will say that, again – it's funny you bring up Kyler because I do think that's a really important factor is helping the young quarterback. I keep going back to DJ Humphreys, who's more experienced than Kyler Murray, obviously. And how many times has he said over the last year, I just go stand out there and block and I do whatever Rodney tells me to do. And I block the edge. He jokes, he jokes about it, but I think there's something to that. I think there's a ton of respect that everybody on that offense has for Rodney Hudson. Um, and... You know, I don't think we're ever going to really get a good sense of it because that's not who Rodney is in the public eye. But um, all those guys believe in him a lot and believe in what he's doing. And, you know, Cliff Kingsbury said he's like, I don't think I've ever been around somebody who watches more video than Rodney Hudson. And that, that, you know, know, Cliff Kingsbury played with Tom Brady. So that's a pretty impressive statement. We've...
0: Heard because of what this team has and realizes what it has with Hudson that not only the head coach, but general manager Steve Kime looking at that position a little bit differently. Before it was, all right, you need a good left tackle. Now it's left tackle and right tackle because the edge rushers are moving on either side. But that middle point of the offense, and then maybe just up the middle, you always hear it in baseball, we got our producer Jim Omondro here, it's always catcher, pitcher, shortstop, center fielder. It might now. It's quarterback, center, defensive tackle. You need that up the middle on offense and defense, and general managers are looking more at the center position than maybe they are or used to be looking at that position.
1: It feels like the evolution of the game has been this. There was the running game, and you had to have run stuffers because the NFL in the 60s and late 70s and very early eighties was about, I mean, if you go back and, and I was a big growing up because there was no team in Arizona, I was a Steelers fan. Cause they were good when I was young. And, um, it's funny. I go back and watch some of like 1978, 1979 Steelers stuff. Those great teams.
0: Careful. You're dating yourself. A I know. Bit well, here. I'm
1: old. And, uh, it's it's The offense is like first down, run it in the middle of the line. Second down, run it in the middle of the line. Everybody's tight formation. You might have two receivers out wide, but that's it. There's always a fullback. And then third down, you might chuck it down the field and see what happens. Um, it was all running. And then as the passing game grew, um, you started needing more edge rushers. You wanted to bring these these guys. Lawrence Taylor was obviously great at it, but you wanted to bring more guys off the edge. And the middle became less of a thing because with the West Coast offense and passing on the on the edges, you could throw the ball out there and, and now it became, okay, we want to disrupt those passing lanes, we, et cetera, et cetera. Well, I feel like we've kind of moved back the other way. The running game isn't quite like it was. But now, because everybody has strengthened themselves on the edges, um, defenses then wanted to start attacking. Now, it doesn't hurt if you draft an Aaron Donald or – or a, a defensive tackle like that, but figuring out that these quarterbacks are so good now that we can figure out ways to defend off the edge. But if you can pressure them up the middle, and how did the how did the uh, giants beat this undefeated Patriots in the Super Bowl? It was pressuring up the middle, and that's with four guys, and that's that's what got Tom Brady kind of messed up. <clears throat> and I think that's kind of where the game has gone. So all that being said, having a quality center to be able to hold up in there and make sure the pocket isn't pushed becomes more important. And then you add in the fact that the Cardinals have a quarterback who's not real tall, it becomes even more crucial that you're not getting collapsed right in the middle.
0: Hudson is under contract for next season. He's the only offensive lineman, starting offensive lineman, that is under contract for next season.
1: So, although he did say he, he it was correct. way too early to be talking. Yeah, he about was he's asked. Be he's just
0: focused on not even this season. He's just focused on the day and then getting to the next day. So it's the I, right I attitude to have. But because it was brought up once, now all of a sudden it's going to get asked or to revisited well, towards the end of the season.
1: If he if he spent all that time figuring out this season, you got to think that next season is big time jeopardy. And if whether he says that or not the realistic look is all of a sudden you've got, okay, if he's if he's leaning towards that, you could literally could be having to replace your entire offensive line, which is a very scary proposition. I
0: don't want to talk about that or think about that right here because we're just – Because you're uh, all about
1: the now. I want to right,
0: about the now. And now is the fact that we heard from Rodney Hudson for the first time yeah. in a long time, also on Friday. We heard for the first time from Marcus Golden. Unless well, – what you Berkey, heard
1: for the first time yes, from Marcus
0: Golden. Yes. If you're Darren Urban – You heard from Marcus Golden during minicamp and shared those thoughts with all of us on azcardinals.com. Golden, like Hudson, absent for much of the offseason, but did attend Mandatory Minicamp. And I actually I invite everyone to go to azcardinals.com, search that story because I thought you had great quotes. In fact, I wrote a lot of them down, but hearing from Marcus Golden earlier on Friday, he also is in a contract year. Yes, it Lots was of not, guys in contract Yes, yeah, I believe I looked it up. I think there's over 30 or whatever of the key players. So it's going to be a busy offseason unless something gets done between now and the regular season. It was not brought up earlier on Friday, but it is something that you brought up, and I think it's worth talking about because Golden understands where he's at. little nugget from Darren Urban as well in the story. Fourth time he'll have played out his deal in his nine-year career. Yeah. It's not. I mean, that's 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 playing with some pressure on your shoulders because yeah. there's no real security there.
1: Well, it's funny because a guy like Marcus Golden, in the second round pick, who's had uh, three double digit sack years, you would think wouldn't quite be in that situation. I mean, there are guys that have played out, had multiple played out their contracts. I mean. I, I mean, if we're talking about four times or whatever, I mean, even Larry Fitzgerald, I think later qualifies in his career, now. yeah, well, still counts. Yes, it does. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, and for him to be in this situation, he knows, he knows what it's about, and he knows probably why it's about, and and you just kind of gotta go about your business.
0: He also brought up, and it was brought up to him because all eyes are gonna be on Marcus Golden as far as the edge rusher. Without Chandler Jones, who's your number one pass rusher? It's Marcus, and there's a bunch of question marks. This team, to me right now, and Kingsbury said he's good with it. That's what he said publicly as far as relying on the youth at that position, talking about your third-round picks in Cameron Thomas and MyJ Sanders. It's a lot to ask of a rookie, yet at the same time, is it very easy to just say, all right, if you're Charlie Bullen or Vance Joseph, all right, Cameron, just go after that guy. Get through your guy when you're one-on-one and try to get into the backfield. It's not that simple. I get, I get it. But as far as trying to get as much pressure into the backfield as possible, winning one on one, you can only scheme so much. And everyone, Darren, goes back to 2020, but that's difficult.
1: You've been a to doubter do. from day one. I, Craig.
0: I just don't like that example because, one, you had Hassan Reddick, who's not on the team, and Dennis Gardek, who caught lightning in the bottle. Can he do it again? You're asking a lot of these players to do repeat something they did two years ago, and putting that on the shoulders of the coaches to get them in the position.
1: That's that's all true. Although you didn't know Hassan Redick was going to do that when he did it. Correct. So maybe that's know. Devon
0: Kennard, or maybe that's Cameron Thomas.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think, um, I think this, Craig. I think ultimately, I think this is the group you're going with. If they add veterans, uh, it's not going to be a pass rusher. They're going to see what these guys have. There's a there's a real belief that Jay Sanders and Cameron Thomas can give them some help this year. We'll see what that means. I mean, if they can get pressures, if you don't have a guy with 17 sacks, you can make it work. It's just the question of like how often you can make it work. Um, the Steelers usually have a really solid defense. And most of the time, uh, T.J. Watt's a different deal now, but before T.J. Watt, they they didn't often have guys that are necessarily getting more than 10 or 11 sacks to lead the team. Um, and, and and we'll kind of see how it happens. Um, but they believe that Sanders can do some damage, and maybe Dennis Gardick can do some damage, and... and You know, you're hoping J.J. Watt's going to be healthy to, as we talked about earlier, that push in the middle, a little bit more in the middle. I know J.J. probably sees himself as an end, but um, I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. I don't know how it's going to play out, Uh, but I also know that, okay, what were we talking about last year? Like everybody's talking about Chandler Jones not being here, but we all know like what happened with Chandler sack total after the first game. It was in the 16 games after that first game, he had five-and-a-half sacks. And if you would have said in a 16-game season Chandler Jones got five-and-a-half sacks, he would have said, uh-oh. But I think they, they held up pretty good.
0: It's not just the sack total because that's what everyone looks at post-game yeah. the stat sheet. Are you affecting the quarterback to where your secondary can cover? Because if they're not getting pressure on the quarterback, now you're asking a secondary that right now is not very deep. Although Josh Jackson has flashed, there's still a lot of room, and I agree with you. If you're looking to add at this point here, late July, it's not at the edge rusher. It's going to be in that cornerback room, or like we saw earlier on Friday, defensive line. Bringing in some veterans inside that are 300-plus pounds that can help
1: stop the run. Yeah. I mean – I agree with you. It starts. It's going to start with a pass rush. This defense is going to start with a pass rush. It, it generally does. But at some point, this team was going to have to turn the page on Chandler Jones. Um, I just
0: wanted one more year, Darren. Well, I, and maybe it's my Syracuse bias. I just wanted one more year.
1: I think Chandler wanted a lot more years, <laughs> I, I, you, and that's you. what happened there. I mean, I, I obviously I wish he would have stuck around. And, and we know what happened with Calais Campbell was they tried to move on maybe a little early instead of waiting too long. And it's turned out Calais Campbell is still motoring along. Um, and that's kind of tough. And, and we'll see how this pays off. But I do think they needed to get younger at pass rusher. And I think it was good that they invested a couple of uh, draft picks in that area. And, and we're going to see how that plays out. Obviously, they're in deep trouble if, if it doesn't work. But at some point, you got you got to see what's what.
0: Thomas is 22, Sanders is 24, and I've been paying attention during the open portion during these three practices here at State Farm Stadium. That oh, you've
1: been paying attention. That's good to know. Yeah,
0: I, I, it's part of my
1: job description. Okay, just, just because,
0: you know, sometimes you lapse in that area, then i got to tell you what's going uh, on during the open went portion went. of practice. I'm a busy,
1: busy man, Craig. Thomas, despite
0: sometimes putting his hand in the dirt at San Diego State, has not done that during the open portion. He is working strictly with outside linebackers, and he's talked about that is where he feels more comfortable and where he can be, he feels more effective. Now, you brought up J.J. Watt as far as rushing the quarterback. How much of a factor is Zach Allen not standing up, but in that three technique as far as getting some help, getting some pressure from the outside?
1: Zach Allen, is that yet somebody else who's also playing for a contract?
0: I believe there's a number of players um yeah, look for that i mean that i I, I think
1: look i think zach allen was another guy who flashed last 35, year
0: 35 by the way 35 unrestricted free agents on the roster currently as we speak now that's based off the 91 man roster
1: too that seems like a lot yeah it does and and looking at that upside <laughs> down right now that's a lot of names i recognize so although i pretty much recognize them all i pay attention <laughs> all the time i would man. hope you recognize um them I, you know i i think that zach allen he, I think he had a solid season last year. I'd love for him to get through a year where he hasn't doesn't have to nurse an injury, which he was doing again last year. You know, Rashad Lawrence and the defensive lineman, who I think they feel like can be a solid player, but he has to stay healthy. And and again, what, Dave McGinnis, availability is as important as ability. I he said that all, so many times, and uh, and that's true. And Zach Allen was available last year. He just wasn't available at 100%. And I remember going back to Rodney Hudson and asking about his injuries last year. And he's like, yeah, well, injuries, that's that's just ball. And it is just ball. And Corey Redding, the old Sage veteran, once upon a time, it's not a question of if you're going to get injured but when you're going to get injured if you're a football player. So I think Zach Allen is super critical. I don't think he's any, honestly, any less critical than J.J. Watt is To in my head because of who you have and your numbers i think you need zach allen to be able to be out there i think he's a solid player but you you need him to play and if he can play like that put you in another awkward position okay like what are we going to do contract wise what's this guy going to be looking at but i'm sure steve Kime would take that at this point if every one of these guys in their contract here had amazing seasons and and figure it out after that
0: you forget Allen, Byron Murphy, Jalen Thompson, all part of that 2019 draft class. Kyler Murray got his. I didn't forget. Anyone else going to get theirs at some point either now or later on. All right, before we cut Darren loose here and let him get back to his uh, real work, and that is basically running all content on azcardinals.com, how about some good news? The first open practice is on Saturday. Back to Saturday is the – Back to Saturday, but they got the right back. Help me out, Darren. Darren, you're the ones who've been paying attention, right? Back together Saturday. Back together Saturday. That's right. That's what it was. First open practice, and gen- one of these
1: days you're going to pay attention, <laughs> Craig, and, and then we'll all be happy.
0: Email. Is My email working there. <laughs> Please read.
1: <laughs> but the
0: first of ten open practices, we are not going to see though Hollywood Brown practice. Not expecting it. In fact, Kingsbury with the update that he's expected to return sometime next week from that hamstring injury. And that's a little disappointing from a fan's perspective because we're excited to see him, yet at the same time I'm not worried because it's July and we don't need to worry about that until September.
1: See, I thought you were going to say you're not, as a a fan, you're not uh, worried because there's still nine open practices (laughs) after Saturday and and there'll be other chances to see him, hopefully. Um, Yeah, I mean – You'd like to see Hollywood Brown back on the field. It's early. Uh, you know, I, I get all this stuff and everything, but DeAndre Hopkins barely practiced in his first training camp when he was with the Cardinals, and he had a pretty awesome 2020. So
0: J.J. J. Watt didn't practice at all during yeah. training camp last season.
1: I'm stout, and Now I'm starting to sound like Mr. Cynic, and I get all that, but I also kind of see sometimes where the players are like... <sighs> There's all this stuff, and I don't know how important some of this is. Not Some of it is important, but maybe not all of it.
0: All right. Day three on Friday. Yes. Calvin Beecham, Justin Pugh, DeAndre Hopkins, A.J. Green, Zach Ertz, Marcus Golden, J.J. Watt. Veteran days. Okay. Most of those were watching practice, so it wasn't like they were in the back. Cliff, so they are getting Cliff, mental raps. Cliff
1: Kingsbury was talking about he didn't want them practicing four days in a row, and I, quite frankly— I'm thinking the team, the organization, I think it's kind of important to have a lot of those names out there tomorrow when uh, we have the back together Saturday and there are fans in the stands for the first time. So I think it's a win-win for everybody, Craig.
0: No bet day for you, though, Darren.
1: No, and I'm feeling it.
0: (laughs) Getting up there in age. Can't work four straight days. You don't
1: want to talk about the 1979 Super Bowl?
0: No, I'm good. I'm good. We'll let, you, we'll let you go off that. No, I appreciate it. Go take a nap. Get ready for the back together no Saturday. Naps.
1: No days off, baby. Me and Bill Belichick.
0: On that note, we'll put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai. Proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Joe Malmohundro. For Darren Urban, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.